Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. For many, a trip to the Dow Gardens in Midland is a warm weather tradition. For quiet solitude, you should consider a visit at wintertime. A tour of the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center in Lansing will give you an idea of what life must have been like for the well-to-do in the 1800s. The ski season is well underway in Michigan, and so is the season of experience in the cool city of Grand Rapids. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I'm sure happy to have you back again this week as we bring you through various things, places to go to, people to meet along the way as you travel Michigan this winter season. It's been a great season so far, and we're going to wrap up the year by introducing you maybe to some new places you've never thought about at wintertime before, and of course, some some old-time favorites that I'm sure you're, you're used to thinking about at wintertime as well. So let's start out today's program by heading to the beautiful town of Midland, and beautiful it is, especially because it's the host city for Dow Gardens. What a tremendous place. Let's bring in Carolyn Patton. Carolyn is the Assistant Director of Guest Operations at Dow Gardens. How are you today, Carolyn? I am so good. How are you? I'm doing all right, and I'm really looking forward to talking about Dow Gardens at this time of year because I would bet most people are like me and they really think about Dow Gardens, you know, in the warmer weather months must take on a completely different look this time of year. You are absolutely correct. You know, when you think of a public garden, you think summer and blooms and warmth and bees buzzing around. Uh, But Dow Gardens is open year-round. We're closed for just a few holidays a year. And we really love to show folks that Michigan winter is beautiful in its own right. And so we do try to keep paths clear. We love to highlight all of that winter interest, especially textures and berries and all of the beautiful things that Michigan winter can bring. I'm really glad you do that uh, because I can't imagine there are many, you know, big gardens like this where the outdoor setting stays open at wintertime. Hey, we're, we're in Michigan. We get a lot of snow. Uh, so it is something that gives you a totally different perspective on a beautiful garden area. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And sometimes it just takes a moment or two for somebody to point that out for you, and then you'll never see it the same again. So, you know, most people, of course, are are thinking about going there in the the big uh, blooming time and mostly spend their time outdoors. Let's start out, though, with the the, uh, Welcome Center itself. When people arrive at Dow Gardens, can you tell us about that experience, what it looks like, what it feels like? Yeah, so when you come into Dow Gardens and to our visitor center, we really love to give you the gardens, right? That's what you're there for. You're not there to spend a bunch of time in a visitor center, um, but we do have welcoming restrooms and a historical display if you're interested in learning about 
uh, Herbert and Grace Dow, the whole reason we're here today. We also have a beautiful gift shop which hosts unique products, Michigan-made items, and especially those garden essentials that you may not be able to find at your local convenience store. Well, tis the season for gift giving, so that might be a great idea. And speaking of the holiday, uh, what are you doing for the holidays? Well, we've got our regularly scheduled programming when it comes to Christmas. And so um, if you are interested in our Christmas walk programs, you can check out dates and availability for that. We also have our historic home of Herbert and Grace Dow the Pines, which we have opened this Christmas season, especially decorated so that you can come in and see the stories of Christmas past and delight all your senses as you tour the home, especially decorated for this time of year. That's a really cool place, too. Um, I was really happy that they reopened that after uh, making some upgrades and kind of bringing things back to um, uh, what, what you would expect them to be. And now you can visit, especially at Christmas time, must be fun. It is so beautiful, and we really try to pull out artifacts that the Dows would have pulled out at Christmas, and so you can see what their home would have or could have looked like this time of year. I will mention, if you're interested in coming to the Pines, to ensure availability, please make reservations or give us a call. We'd be happy to help you set that up, Um, but being that it is in a historic home. Um, Obviously, we can't welcome the masses all at once. So please give us a call. We'd love to help you ensure getting a ticket. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Great idea. Now, uh, of course, when we go to Dow Gardens in those beautiful, you know, spring and summer times, it's pretty busy. It's a really popular place for good reason. I would bet at this time of the year, if you're walking out there in the snow, checking out the kind of the different look of Dow Gardens. It's probably a pretty serene, beautiful place. Yeah. So the crowds tend to die down. You know, um, not everybody loves Michigan winters, Hmm. and a lot of snowbirds tend to travel south. But we do have a core group of people who come every day and really enjoy the solace and the stillness of a winter garden. And so if you're looking for some time away or some peace and quiet, it really is a great place to get out in nature travel those paths that we keep clear and have a moment to yourself. Well, it's a huge campus. You have what we think of as Dow Gardens. You also have the Whiting Forest. You have that really beautiful canopy walk. Is that open at wintertime as well? Yeah, so the Canopy Walk is one of the features here at Dow Gardens, and we do keep our campus, as I said, open year-round with the exception of those few holidays. So, um, You know, whether you're coming for a walk on the ground or you want to get up in the canopy, which is quite different, obviously, in the winter when you're not surrounded by trees, um, that feature is open as well. It is weather dependent, so give us a call if you have any questions, um, just because if it's icy, we can't obviously let people up there for safety reasons, but um, we do keep that feature open as much as possible during the winter. I'd like to try that at wintertime because it's such a, a beautiful thing to do. You know, the views from up there are spectacular but then the views at Dow Gardens anywhere are really special Uh, so people need to check it out and the great thing is you don't really need reservations for most of the things at Dow Gardens but as Carolyn said if you want to uh, check out that historic home for obvious reasons make sure to get your reservations in advance pretty easy to do as well the website is the place you should start out of course you can always go to michigan.org and do a search for Dow Gardens Otherwise, if you want to write this down, it is simple, dowgardens.org. 
dowgardens.org. Our thanks to Carolyn Patton for being with us today. And next, after we talked about one historic home, we get to talk about another here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I was really happy that our last guest talked about the historic home on their property because we have some really cool historic homes all throughout the state of Michigan. I mean, everything from, you know, the really big, beautiful, you know, like mansion type properties in Detroit that you'll see, and in some other of our bigger cities, even in some of our northern Michigan areas. I mean, really, really impressive places. Can't believe people would would build such things, but they did back then. Uh, To some smaller places, we have some really impressive architecture out there. And then we have those homes that are significant because they tell a story of a time and a place, and they will surprise you. And I'll tell you, one of them is the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center in Lansing. And before I introduce Barbara Lawyer, I have to tell you, I've always assumed that the Turner Dodge House has something to do with Dodge, as in, you know, Dodge, automobiles. But that's not the case. I didn't learn that until I visited the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center. And to tell us more... Let's bring in Barbara Lawyer. She is from, well, from the Lansing Parks and Recreation Department, right, Barbara? That's correct. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. Really happy that, that you're with us today because, uh, as you know, I was recently at the Turner Dodge House, and yeah. I, I have, I've told you before, our office is not too far away, and I have run by that house many times. It's on the um, the Grand River Trail in Lansing, and I, I've always been impressed with just the stately beauty of it. Is it? I don't even know how to describe that. That's not um, Elizabethan. What, what's the style of that house? Well, it's, it currently is neoclassical, but of course, there's architecture inside that architecture. It yeah. started out as Greek revival, and now it's neoclassical. Yeah, so isn't it interesting? Because we we kind of also forget that you know when somebody builds a house, especially uh, people of uh, wealth, they're gonna they're gonna make changes to it. So sometimes they they update it and go to a completely different style. So tell us where the the Turner Dodge House is, first off, and then let's get into the history of this beautiful place. Oh, thank you. It's at 100 East North Street in Lansing, and and it's along the river trail, as you said. Um, and it, it's, it's in technically what we call Old Town. It used to be called the Turner Dodge neighborhood. Yeah, and, and as I was saying earlier, um, it really has nothing to do with the Dodge Motor Company, right? No. No, as a matter of fact, when I first got to the house um, eight years ago now, I was amazed to find out that Mr. Turner is the big story, historically mm-hmm. speaking. Um, and Mr. Dodge is his son-in-law, who was an attorney and a Michigan state rep. So he had nothing to do with the Dodge Car Manufacturing Company. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We're just so used to thinking that way, being in such an auto-centric yeah. state. And so <laughs> I, I suppose I, I'm sure we're not alone. So um, the the interesting story of this place is it was built by Mr. Turner, the Turner family. Uh, what was the Turner uh, family story? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge story, and I think one of the reasons that a lot of people don't know about it, even in Lansing, is because he died very young, 
at 49 after accomplishing so much for the, the, the state of Michigan and for the city of Lansing. But, you know, his story kind of got lost over time. And the, the main, the biggest book written about him just came out in 2014. So the scheme, in the scheme of things, that's not that long ago. But he, um, he was very entrepreneurial and just his, his resume is astounding. Um, he was a land agent, a financier. He, he built, he helped to build with Mr. Seymour. Um, there's all the prominent, you know, citizens, of course, uh, Hiram Smith and, and James Seymour were his two cohorts, and they built the plank road, the road made of wood, huh. that made it possible for, um, for for one thing, to have the state capital come in when it did in 1847, because the territory of Michigan, and it was called Michigan, it wasn't Lansing yet, um, was, when he lived there in the 1840s, was very swampy right. and wooded, and it was difficult to travel, so... By building a road made of wood, um, they made it a lot quicker and safer um, and more efficient to go back and forth. And then he later, uh, with the same characters, James Seymour and Hiram Smith, helped to bring in the railroad north, south, east, west. Um, He played a role in building the school systems. Um, You know, I have to sit and list. He was a state senator. It's, it's, It's kind of astounding. The well, first treasurer the city of Lansing had when it wow. incorporated. Well, you know, they, they, they say if you want something done, go to a busy person. So apparently, oh, exactly. apparently they went to him. Oh, Dave. Got exactly. a lot done. You know, I've, I've thought of that so many times. I mean, I read, by the way, the book is uh, by Liz Homer, who managed our managed the Turner Dodge House, um, a, you know, a few, like more than a decade ago. I should know exactly, but yeah. I don't. And when she retired, she did the the research. So it's based on primary research. So it's very intense with facts, and but yet tells the story of him and his uh, his wife and kids, which he had many. He had uh, eight children that lived through. You know, he, his wife gave birth to ten, and, and eight lived on. And um, so yeah, so he uh, was very busy. <laughs> I've thought of that so many times. That's yeah. that's neat. Well. You know, you are open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from one o'clock until seven o'clock, uh, and then right. and I know you offer tours. People should should you know make sure to schedule those in advance. And I'll mention this again, but you can find information about the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center on Facebook, and of course on Michigan.org. But uh, if you have uh, groups or if you just want to get a tour, make sure to schedule that in advance. Now. Um, yeah, Barbara. That's best. Yeah. yeah, describe the home itself, um, both exterior and interior. You know, I like to call it a little antique mansion. Um, it's not technically a mansion. I guess someone decided what a mansion was, and mm. um, apparently, a mansion is nine thousand square feet. the 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 house above ground level is eighty five hundred <laughs> square feet, so yeah. it doesn't quite make it. Um, and, and it's it's almost like it's kind of diminutive in a way people think of it as being a big house but the rooms are kind of small aren't they Dave yeah they're, they are they're kind of well, yeah and well, they, they kind of flow into each other but I, but I was thinking about that because when this house was built wasn't this probably kind of in the outskirts of town it, it had to be like in the forest there was no town right yeah <laughs> I mean barely um, yeah so then the the Turners built their original house on Turner Street and that was built in 1847, right when the capital was coming in, you know, because they knew that capital was coming in and they had built, they, they'd met and married in 
settled in Mason, but they had moved in for the coming of the Capitol. And, um, and so when they had all the children and Mr. T- Mr. Turner became so successful, they built the bigger house, and that was built in 1858. It was started in 1855. Well, it's on so, such a big so, piece of property that when you look at that big piece of kind of open property, it, it appears smaller yes. than I think it really is. Right, um, and he, yeah. Mr. Turner owned land a lot more than the eight and a half acres it's on now. But wow. yeah, he, he owned land all around as a land agent and financier. Yeah, well, so um, it, it's really neat that you can go into a a home like the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center, and not only enjoy the architecture, which I do, but the story mm-hmm. of that place as well. Oh, it's incredible! It truly is. I'm so glad Liz Homer wrote the book. Did I did I say the title? Pioneers, Reformers, and Millionaires. Oh, there you go. It's no. beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful book. It's great. Well, Barbara, um, we, we better we better mention that I know your well. You used to call it your Festival of Trees. It's going on right now. What's it called? It's called the Friends of Turner Dodge Holiday Open House. And that's happening right now. And that's going to go until when? Until um, on New Year's Eve through the 31st of December. Oh, nice. Okay, very good. And, and as we mentioned, uh, to tour the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center, you really should make an appointment, especially if you have a group of any size. Because as, as Barbara was saying, it's not the biggest place, really even though it's an impressive place and really worth a visit. So if you want to do a, a maybe a, a group that you have, you want to do a tour, make sure to schedule that in advance. You can learn all about the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center by going to Facebook or go to Michigan.org and do a search on the Turner Dodge House and Heritage Center. I want to thank Barbara Lawyer for being with us today. And again, remind you, when you are going to view the house, make sure to spend a little time in Old Town as well, and maybe downtown Lansing as well. You're going to really love that visit. Lansing's turned out to be a really great place to be. Speaking of great places to be, there's nothing like wintertime for me. We'll get to tell you about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan, and it is wintertime. I am Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I love this time of year. I wish more people would would tell me that they love this time of year. Every time I mention that, I, I seem to hear people say, I heard you talk about that again. It's not our favorite time of the year. And, and I really do think it's just because people don't get out there. And yeah, I know it's inconvenient. You have to throw on a coat before you go out in the car, but eh, it, it's beautiful out there. People need to enjoy it. And and to at least give you a chance to enjoy it, let's bring in Mickey McWilliams. She is the director of Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association. Mickey, is this a frustration for you or just me? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I hear it all the time, too. Um, people uh, usually, uh, a lot of people say that they enjoy the warm weather better, but there's no reason to um, to flee Michigan in the winter. We have such a beautiful state that turns cold each year, and a lot of fun things to do outside. That's true. And, and you know, we will get into some of those outdoor things. But just a reminder that uh, if you don't like to be outside, there are so many things, you know, to do indoors as well at wintertime, like cultural activities, museums, uh, of course, all of our shopping venues and all of our restaurants. And we need to support them like never before. So let's support local this season. Now, 
let's support local by going outside as well. So many new things happening, for instance, in the ski industry. And Mickey, I know you keep track of all that. Uh, What's happening out there? Well, I try to keep track. Um, Lately, we've had a lot of new uh, developments at our ski areas all across Michigan. Um, So I can kind of run down a few of them for you because it's it's nice to see that the ski areas are are able to make um, improvements now. Yeah. Um, It kind of slowed down during the COVID time just because it wasn't possible. Um, But uh, now they're going full gung ahead and, you know, all speed ahead and doing all sorts of neat things. Um, Bittersweet over on the west side of the state um, has introduced a new high-speed chairlift called the Snow Flyer, Hmm. um, which is pretty awesome. Um, And uh, the Highlands at uh, at Harbor Springs, formerly Boyne Highlands, um, introduced something I think is really kind of neat. It's called the Sun Kid Covered Conveyor. Oh, yeah. Um, It's it's a conveyor. It's like a um, you know, it's a conveyor to get get people up the hill on their beginner slopes, but it's covered, so you get warm all the way up. That's really cool. It cool. is like a big bubble that comes over you, and I understand that the seats are heated. It's just that's pretty. Cool. Oh, that's yeah. Now that's that's going to be for next year. That's a, a covered chairlift, but this is a um, covered conveyor lift, like like a magic carpet. Oh, really? Um, that you stand on, yep, and you ride it up the top of the hill. Oh, that that's um, neat, too. All right, well, cool. Well, it's good to see that we're, we're going to have this other system up there, too. Yep, it's pretty neat. Um, and then Boyne Mountain um, is introducing the first eight-passenger chairlift in the Midwest. Wow. Um, and so that's, you know, that'll get you up the hill, a lot of people up the hill pretty fast. Um, and then when you get up there, uh, they also have the new sky bridge that opened up this fall uh, that you can walk across uh, the, to go from one peak to another at Boyne, um, just to see the beauty of uh, you know of the landscape around there. I think that it's pretty awesome. You know, I, I haven't done it yet. I'm I, looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I haven't done it yet either. But I was up there during the construction process, and I just saw the the absolute huge size of this thing i can't wait to to take that walk especially at this time of year and the cool thing is that it is made for four seasons it is it is they're going to keep it open all winter um i think it's pretty awesome you can go skiing and then you can also take a hike across the sky bridge i think it's pretty neat um also what they've done uh you know for those of you with private jets out there is Hmm. they've um, upgraded their airstrip Hmm. so you can now land at point um good to know yeah (laughs) how about for helicopters does that still work i just want to know for personal reasons yes i think i think that they'll in my mind come in on it all right got it okay (laughs) um peaks introduced a whole new peak area um to ski in called the east peak which is pretty Hmm. awesome um, Crystal Mountain has a new run called Ridge Glades, and Treetops has something really kind of interesting. Uh, Treetops and Gaylord has introduced a thing called Cool School. Um, it's a midweek package uh, that includes unlimited tubing, skiing, snowboarding, lessons, rental equipment, breakfast, and lunch every day. Yep, um, that, that is such a pretty, neat thing. Yeah we, talked yeah, to, yeah, we talked to Barry about that last week. And oh, it's, just, it's just great to see all of our resorts and ski areas. You know, they're always looking to find a better way to serve the client. It's, it's really cool. 
That's right. I, you know, uh, back in the day when when I was uh, young, which is a while ago, um, but the um, midweek packages were um, were a popular thing, and um, and then you know families kind of got away from that, and I'm really happy to see this coming back. Yeah, Um, me too. It's pretty neat. Um, And then finally, I've got one more big news Um, up in the Upper Peninsula. um, The ski area that used to be called Big Snow is now Snow River Mountain Resort. It was purchased by a group that owns some ski areas in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, They renamed the area, but they also already have uh, made some lodging improvements. And next year, they're going to put the first high-speed detachable chairlift in the Upper Peninsula um, up at Snow River. They're also having making plans to um, to put a lift between the two uh, resorts because um, originally um, Big Snow was made up of two ski areas, um, Blackjack and Indian Head, and now those two areas are called Jackson Creek Summit and Black River Basin. And eventually, there's going to be a lift between the two, which I think is really awesome. So, did they buy both of those resorts then, Blackjack yes. and Indian yes. Head? Wow! Very yeah, they nice. bought Blackjack and Indian Head, which was um, big snow, and now it the whole thing is called Snow River Mountain Resort. You know, it's so, really a shame awesome. you know that more people, like in Southeast Michigan, for instance, uh, our big population area, it's a shame more of them don't get up there because that's a not only a beautiful area, but that's a that's a beautiful place to ski. It is. It's really it's lovely up there, um, and I have to admit I haven't been up for a few years, um, but I. I can hardly wait to get back up there because there's there's more snow in the UP um, than anywhere else in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, we have wonderful snow conditions up there. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's quiet. It's just lovely. It really um, is. It's a bit of a drive, but but it's it certainly for for most people, at least in the the lower peninsula, uh, most of our listeners. But I know we have a lot of a lot of people out there who might find it a little bit easier. So a good thing to consider. Now, yep, and uh, it's affordable. It, it is affordable. That's a great way to to think of it as well. Now I know you do some special programs to get people skiing. Um, let's let's talk about the kids first. The cold is cool program. Sure. Um, MSIA runs a program called the Coldest Cool Ski and Ride Passport, and it's an app, actually, uh, that parents can download. Um, it costs $30 to, uh, to get the passport, um, and we have to show proof of grade. This is for students in the fourth and fifth grade. And what this allows them for uh, to do is ski two or three times, depending on the ski area you're going to, at each of the 29 participating ski areas across the state. So you can ski uh, three times at Shaney Creek and then three times at Boyne and then go up to the Highlands and Nubs Knob. Um, all, and it's all free for the kids. Um, we do this because we want kids to get out and enjoy the winter um, as a family program. And this allows families to, um, you know, to, to ski a lot less extensively uh, for kids in fourth and fifth grade because they're free. Parents just have to get their own lift tickets. So um, it's it's a way of getting uh, kids engaged and involved in skiing at a young age. Um, and hopefully for us, they will uh, love it 
early and keep doing it all for their life. Well, that's a great idea. And then I know you do the Discover Michigan skiing program as well. Right. Um, that is for people that don't know how to ski or don't know how to snowboard and want to learn. Or maybe you ski, but you want to learn how to snowboard or vice versa. Um, Discover Michigan skiing runs throughout the month of January um, at, I think it's 23 ski areas across Michigan this year. Um, and what you do is uh, you you sign up beforehand um, and make a, a lesson time uh, at one of the participating ski areas. Uh, it costs $45, and you get a get rental equipment, the lesson, and a lift ticket so that you can continue skiing for the rest of uh, the time on the slopes that day. Um, it's a really, really wonderful program because you learn the right way with uh, good fitting equipment instead of... Um, you know, having some friend um, hmm. give you a borrowed pair of skis and uh, and try and teach you this is the right way to learn with a, a trained instructor. Yeah. Uh, so I really encourage everyone to uh, participate in that program. If you don't know how to ski, uh, it's a really good, affordable way to learn. Tremendous program. You guys do such a great job at the Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association. And I'll make one little pitch just to remind you that even if you don't see snow in your own backyard, don't worry it's very likely there's plenty of snow where you want to go up north. So uh, they help you uh, with the MSIA website with conditions, uh, of course. So go to GoSkiMichigan.com. Get a lot of information, including conditions. That website, again, GoSkiMichigan.com. And our thanks to Mickey McWilliams, the director of the MSIA, for being with us today. We're going to head to Grand Rapids next. Find out what's happening over there this season here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and sometimes traveling at wintertime in Michigan doesn't have to mean going up north to enjoy all those beautiful ski hills and snowmobiling and ice climbing and dog sledding and all that fun thing. Uh, you can have a really great time if you experience places like Grand Rapids, our second biggest city. City time, winter time, they can really fit together well. And let's find out what's happening in Grand Rapids at this time of year by bringing in Janet Korn. She is vice president of, senior vice president, right, right of uh, Experience Grand Rapids. Janet, uh, good to have you with us. Yeah, great to be here. Well, of course. Yeah, there's plenty to do in Grand Rapids. Th there really is. There's always there's plenty to do. And I know, you know, Christmas is coming up really soon. But uh, anything in particular that, that we should be aware of uh, in this, um, you know, the last few days approaching Christmas that we might want to do? Well, you know, we do have amazing uh, shopping all over town, Dave. So we've got uh, a ton of new um, local shops that have opened up. So those are always great places to find unique gifts. And we've got the malls and those kinds of places as well. But, you know, I, I think right before the holiday, it's nice to just take a stroll around and look at lights. So there's all kinds of lights downtown and um, some new lights that they've uh, put up now around Rosa Park Circle in the heart of downtown and ice skating is back. And so, you know, it's just really a festive place to be. It really is beautiful. Um, that that area uh, is really spectacular. And uh, I think 
just last week I went by Amway Grand Plaza Hotel and wow, they've really lit up for the uh, holiday as well. So really cool to see that downtown. Now, it's such a busy time of the year. Perhaps people won't have time to head downtown. You never know. Uh, But as we kind of get into the real heart of winter uh, come next month, I suspect there is plenty to do in Grand Rapids. There is. And, you know, we do have a little um, outdoor recreation here in Grand Rapids, too. So we have uh, Cannonsburg Ski um, Center, and you can do downhill skiing there and snowboarding there. Um, So you can taste a little winter. You could get some snowshoes, um, a fat tire bike, and go into our parks. Um, But we look forward to January 7 when we open World of Winter, which is uh, 20 large-scale outdoor art installations that are um, spread out over the course of uh, two months throughout the downtown area. Mm. And, you know, they're, they're all interesting and all unusual, and each year just a little different than what we've seen before. But I mean, I like it in the evening because um, they're all lit up and they make great reasons to, you know, get your boots on and your hat and gloves and take a walk with your family and friends, um, whoever you might be traveling to Grand Rapids with. Is the World of Winter uh, exhibit similar to Art Prize where they're all over the place or are they, you know, in one kind of centralized area? It's a little more compact than Art Prize. So I would say Art Prize has historically been about a three by three mile radius around downtown. I would call this more within a one mile radius. Yeah. So there's really significant, um, uh, you know, Calder Plaza, Rosa Park Circle, um, along the river, on the pedestrian bridges over the river. So it's a, it's a little less walking, which I think fits with winter. But what's really fun is we've got all these refreshment areas. You know, um, one of the things we learned during the pandemic is we can dine outside and we can enjoy Mm -hmm. winter by being outside. And so there are um, all kinds of uh, refreshment areas throughout the downtown. So you can, you know, you can sip on something warm and stroll around and look at the art and uh, just kind of have a have a fun uh, breath of fresh air, so to speak. And um you know, look at some cool art installations. I want to check that out this year. I saw those pictures on Facebook last year, and it just looked spectacular. So looks, I look forward to that. Uh, I bet everybody else will as well. What else is happening? Well, um, if uh, people can make it here before um, too far into January, there's a really uh, amazing art exhibit at the Art Museum. It's the art of Jim Henson. And hmm. if you know Jim Henson, he was the creator of The Muppets. Yeah. And that's still on uh, view through January 14. Um, there's another amazing art installation at uh, Frederick Meyer Gardens, and that one's up through March. So you could do World of Winter and um, the double take with Mel Chin and Elizabeth Turk at Meyer mm-hmm. Gardens. Um, and, you know, it's Beer City, USA. So mm-hmm. don't come to Grand Rapids without visiting a brewery. You know, many of them have um, outdoor uh, igloos. Um, some fire pits, um, you know, ways to kind of be indoors and outdoors. And the Michigan Brewers Guild has the Winter Beer Festival the end of February, and tickets are on sale now. Yeah, you know, the, the whole thing about Beer City USA, that that really got a lot of attention for Grand Rapids, still does. How, how many, um, not necessarily breweries, but how many places that feature locally crafted beer are there in Grand Rapids? 
Wow. Uh, I know we have over 40 breweries, Dave. Really? But, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I would say almost every place that's serving beer has a local beer. Um, it's certainly a Michigan-based beer, um, but many times the, the local um, beers. And I think what makes the whole brewery scene so interesting is, each one is a little different than the others. And I think in Grand Rapids specifically, our breweries do a great job with serving food yeah. and different kinds of food. And so even if you're not a beer drinker, you can still enjoy kind of going where the locals go. And, uh, you know, um, many of them are family friendly. And so, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to leave the kids out. They can come as well. And, you know, you can be, a, I don't know. When kids go out to eat, they don't always want to stay in their chair. Yeah, it's true. Wander around a little bit. Well, well, you know, so you can move around a little bit in a yeah, brewery. Yeah, it, well, they they really do provide a really fun setting. And and you know, I don't drink beer, but I but I like the atmosphere. Uh, do many of them? Do many of the breweries actually offer tours? I know some do. Um, yeah, we do have a few that do, and most of them are offered on Saturdays, and we actually have information about those on our website at experiencegr.com. Well, it's, it's a really cool process. I don't know if Founders is one of them that offers tours to the public, but I have been through that place, and the stories they tell of the history of how that uh, big brewery got going and how it operates today, pretty fascinating, very impressive uh, to see how the whole process is. So it's just a lot of fun. I, I, I think it really is. So you mentioned earlier the Meyer Gardens uh, tree exhibit. How long does that go? Um, the trees at uh, uh, Meyer Gardens, the holiday traditions, that's up through January 8th. So even if you're a little pressured right before the holiday and can't really, like, take that in, um, you know, it's an amazing uh, display of decorations that um, really from all over the world. And um, they've been adding um, some of our Grand Rapids sister cities to the trees. And it, it's, a, it's a really cool experience. Really is. Uh, we talked to the Dow Gardens folks uh, earlier in the program, and it just got me thinking that, uh, you know, you look at our big gardens like Dow and Meyer Gardens, the opportunity to see these gardens at wintertime in a totally different setting, especially in a state like ours, don't let that pass by because it's a really cool experience. So many other reasons to go to downtown Grand Rapids, including the wonderful architecture, the spectacular restaurants. Make sure to stay, if not downtown, in the Grand Rapids area as well, and check out those museums, including Meyer Gardens, the Grenapitz Public Museum, the Gerald R. Ford Museum, the Art Museum. It just kind of goes on and on. It's a great place. The website to learn more is experiencegr.com. It's all about the Grand Rapids area, and, uh, and of course, you're going to really love that visit. We're really hoping people will head back to our cities. Uh, when the pandemic first hit, everybody headed up north. That was fine for up north, but we need to uh, get back, enjoy that culture, and connect with others in our cities as well. So the website again, experiencegr.com. Our thanks to Janet Korn for being with us today. And that's all the time we have for today. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling.